this is the Revolution Now podcast. Royalty-free music created by us, played by us. Feel free to use it. We won't plagiarise you. Welcome to the Revolution Now podcast. I'm Farah. I'm Janzi. And through this podcast, we ask you, the listeners, to join us and to educate, organise and to agitate. Oh, so another podcast. How are you doing, Jam? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. A bit tired, you know. Yeah. Clocks, Clocks went forward. <laughs> Exhausting. Really taken out of me. Could have watched that extra episode of Desperate Housewives, but... Well, at like 4am. <laughs> <laughs> and only watching it back am I realising there's so many problematic parts. It, oh my god. Do you remember the one that I sent you where it mentions Palestine? Oh, that actually really rubbed me out the wrong way. That really got on my tits, mate. (laughs) Right, so, um, how is everyone at home? Yeah, we're doing okay. Oh my god, who was that? Who was that? Oh my god, can we call in? That pretty girl spent 77k on her eyebrows. And they still don't look good. Good have I been drawn on with Sharpie (laughs) and Oh my god, it's like we've got a listener joining yeah, us. Who it's like they're with us, yeah. Who is that? that? Honestly, that actually has really annoyed me this week, I'm not going to lie. Was um, that your annoyance of the week? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait until the end, but that honestly has really annoyed me this week. 77,000 on SP Beautiful Brows. What like, else is she getting done there? <laughs> Bloody hell. Back, sack and crack. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, I've never been, so I really don't know what they're called, but that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, I tend to do everything myself. I do my nails myself, I do my brows myself. I've been on an eyebrow journey this past year. It's been revolutionary. It's been really emotional. So good. Um, Yes, I do everything myself. I mean, I don't really touch my eyebrows, but I do everything, my nails, everything. I've never no. been out to do it. I can't imagine someone doing my nails. I don't know. It's so normal for other people. Also, it's like £40 nowadays to get your nails done. Also, like, imagine like somebody doing your eyebrows all up in your business. I can't deal with that. That stressed me out. It's oh, all no, up oh in my, my face. Oh, my God. Once, I used to have really bushy eyebrows when I was younger, and I went to my friend's house, and um, her mom tried to thread my brows. Whoa. And first of all, that's really invasive. You shouldn't be really touching other kids' brows. But also, threading is really painful. I've never had it before. I mean, it must be the most cost-effective way because this woman literally just took thread from her jumper. Um... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but um, it's really painful. Um, and she didn't even shape them that well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that, that, really, um, that really changed your opinion on the whole thing. Yeah, and I came home and was like, what the hell have you done to your brows? I'm like, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Um, right, should we get on to today's podcast subject? Yes. Um, so today's podcast subject, we are going to be talking about white supremacy. And um, this subject has arisen. Um, <laughs> arisen? Arise? I don't know. I don't has know. Has arise. Okay. Has come up again. Yeah, yeah. This subject, yeah. we decided to address this subject because... Um, Obviously, what's happened in the past few weeks, what's happened in Atlanta, and what seems to be happening quite frequently, we would say, um, in America and the world, um, is obviously this rise of white supremacy and white supremacist attacks. Um, so, yeah, did you want to go in with the death? 
Yes. Let me get that up. Okay, so when we sort of wanted to bring up this subject of white supremacy, we thought it would be good to sort of um, give a definition as well. And it's defined as the belief that white people constitute a superior race and should therefore dominate society, typically to the exclusion or detriment of other racial and ethnic groups. Right. So with that definition, like you can kind of say that a lot of attacks we've seen um, in the past few weeks and also especially I would say, I mean, for me personally, I view it especially the past five years. Would you say five year mark? Yeah, I think so. I think it's always sort of been there, but I feel like... Um, People through... have been emboldened. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's I, what I want. I would to... say like a contributing factor to that, would you say also maybe kind of more governments have become more right-wing, um, as in like more elected right-wing governments yes. as well as right-wing dictatorships, um, especially Trump, Trump and the Trump campaign. I would, see, I would say personally, like speaking, because we're within the UK, I would say Brexit. Yeah, um, I felt that really um, kind of emboldened a lot of people who were kind of, you know, racist on the sly, on the DL, um, that kind of emboldened them to become more racist. I don't know if you remember when we, oh God, do you remember that Facebook post and that guy just came at me when I was commenting something about Brexit? Oh, uh, yes. And we were and like, we were quite young at the time and I was just, I was just like, bloody hell, like. He it's... just came out of nowhere. He's like, well, you sound really stupid speaking about a country you don't know because of my name. And I was like, well, I do know it quite well, thanks. Um... It's just so shocking because they went to other countries and they did things. Like, I'm speaking from like the British perspective on colonialisation, right? They've gone to other countries and they've done that, but you don't like us here, so why did you go there in the first place? Why do you take things from other cultures and use it, but you don't want to sort of respect that culture? You know, you have your tea, you have your this, your coffee, or your coffee beans are not even from here. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have these certain things from other countries, but you don't want to respect them, and that just irritates me. Yeah, I I feel you, Um, and I agree on that point. I just think there's this kind of, um, again, this kind of white supremacist attitude of a lot of countries in the countries that used to colonise the rest of the world. Like, it's, it's obviously a white supremacist attitude, to be more honest and to be you know to say what it is um it also also yeah it's just also so irritating sorry this was brought up to me because my friend actually sent me a snap right she went to starbucks Uh, and they say their coffee tastes like shit (laughs) they say right every shop coffee shop says this they say chai tea chai means tea so just say chai it's like naan bread naan means bread so just say naan just say chai. It's like saying, "Can I have a tea, tea, please? Can I have a bread, bread? Stop it! <laughs> it's really got my goat. I don't know why. It just really irritates me. I just, anyway, back to what you were saying. <laughs> just, I just need to slide it in there because my friend knew it rolled me up. So she sent me and she circled it just to annoy me. Oh, I'm like, have you seen everyone like, especially like when it comes to recently? I feel with TikTok. I mean, I don't have TikTok, but people send me videos where like these. I don't mean to generalise, but it usually is white vegans um, are um, kind of essentially colonising everyone else's food, um, like putting turmeric in everything Ugh. and, you know, t- turmeric chai, Javi. That really <laughs> irritates me. I mean, like, uh, see, I appreciate... Oh, no, let me tell you one more thing. There's yeah, another on, thing. It was called on. tofu butter chicken. Oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot I also it. saw bangers and mash with an Indian twist. <laughs> and it was a white person making it so how can you yeah, say it's an surprised. Indian twist 
I'm not surprised. I think what they think is they use Indian herbs, so it definitely makes it Indian if you're just using like turmeric and like cumin and stuff like that. It's yeah. just not the one. Just not the one. I mean, I appreciate cultural appreciation and I like that. It's just along with that. It's a having... fine line. Yes, yeah, also along with that, having the respect for that culture as well. Um, if you're going to partake in using the things, like I bet most of the people that are racist have herbs and stuff in there shelves and things that aren't actually from the uk that are actually taken from other countries and they it's like picking and choosing and i hate that no i get you i get you um i just want to mention one more thing that i saw on tiktok that really did grind my gears um i saw one video they're like oh i'm making middle eastern style pasta and i, and I, and I watched the video and honestly first of all the pa- the pasta looked really quite um underdone looked quite crunchy and then on top of that they like mixed it with like yogurt and oh. then put some like mincemeat on it i'm like how is that middle eastern it's whoa <laughs> it was just like this white yogurt crunchy pasta crisp and then like they just doused it in like mincemeat and oil it just really got me and oh my... it, really, mm. it really grinded my gears. Sounds delicious. <laughs> or oh, chocolate hummus, chocolate hummus as well. Oh really my god, me. stop. Honestly, that really grinds my gears too. And also, if you are in a supermarket and you want to buy some hummus, go to your local like Arab supermarket. Don't go buy Sabra, boycott Sabra hummus. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> um, I also just want to say, like, um, so, like, generally speaking, um, I would say, like, people... I mean, the the way in which white supremacy is upheld is because people view it as a very kind of narrow concept. Wouldn't you say, like, people view it more like they view white supremacy as something that someone has to visibly uphold, like being in a white supremacist group or being a domestic terrorist or be, being a visible neo-Nazi, for example. That would make someone recognisably um, a white supremacist. But that, that's not the case. Like, our entire way of living is white supremacist, like, Every institution you can think of is a white supremacist institution, very notably the police um, and every industry that promotes white European beauty standards is is white supremacist. Every award ceremony that only really awards white men and rarely white women, you know, those are white supremacist award ceremonies Um, and the ways in which this white supremacist way of living was spread like a plague was through colonialism which also tried to spread white supremacy Um, so it's like it's a whole system and every kind of possible institution every kind of possible event every kind of possible um, thing we do in our lives is essentially white supremacist even the way in which we view ourselves like um I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, trying, you know, bleaching their hair or trying to, do you know what I mean? Like trying yeah. to adhere to these like European beauty standards. That is white supremacist in itself. Um, but also like, I, th- I think me and you were talking about this um, recently. Um, sometimes like people think you have to be white to uphold white supremacy, um, which is usually the case. Okay. A lot of, it is generally white people that do uphold white supremacy, but not always like, I would say like colorism is a way in which non-white people can perpetuate white supremacy. Um, so like, obviously like what I just said, neo-colonial mm. beauty standards, women bleaching their skin. Um, I was in a situation a few years ago. Um, I was with this mother and daughter and the mother like handed her daughter a huge cup of milk, like, literally like half a gallon of milk in this cup um, and said, oh, drink this, drink this milk up, drink all the milk. So then you'll have beautiful white skin like Farah. 
Uh, honestly, I was shocked. That is really I actually shocking. couldn't even believe it. Like, I was honestly shocked. First of all, that's drinking milk is not going to do that. Second of all, um, like, I had to have a conversation with them both separately. Like, that's on also, it's like it's damaging for the child you're saying it to, and also, it's just like there's just absolutely no need for it there isn't there's absolutely no need for it whatsoever like every no matter like i do honestly think this like just every person is beautiful like you don't need to be um caught up in these like beauty standards Mm. that um if you don't have it do you i mean yeah i was reading this book by um nikesh shukla it's called brown baby even if you're not a brown baby you should read it because it's a very good book um i'm still reading it currently but i enjoy i'm enjoying it so far and he talks about how his mother used to slather them with spf and not only that he's just like oh don't go out in the sunlight um you'll get too dark and like no one want to marry you and stuff like that it's just even through generations they so perpetuate that view that you have to you know stay inside don't go out in direct sunlight you don't want to you know make your skin darker you want to stay nice and light and um, another thing he talks about is in fact in India obviously if you're Indian and even if you're not Indian you may have heard of Fair and Lovely um, which is basically a brand which um, is a skin lightening brand and um, he talks about how in India I think it was 70 735 million people are consumers in the skin lightening industry um and my question is does that really open more doors does it and then he later mentions um he mentions a group of young girls in Maharashtra which were part of a um training program to be a flight crew um and it was actually a government scholarship program to empower women um to sort of be in those sort of industries but the majority of girls were denied because they had a dark skin tone so I mean if that's a government scholarship program if you can't it's like selectivism, like you want to empower women, but you don't want to empower women of a certain skin tone, which, you know, you can't pick and choose. If you're going to empower young girls, you empower all of them. That's what the programme is there for. And um, he also then goes to mention during the British rule, dark skinned Indians were seen as less able. And therefore, the light skinned Indians were prioritised for jobs. Um, so why exactly? Like, that's why I mentioned Fair and Lovely earlier on. Why are we continuing this narrative that was left there that, you know, the dark skinned people, uh, it doesn't open as much doors if you're darker, if you're lighter, then you get more opportunities. I just don't understand that. And then when you look at, for example, the West, tanning is such a big thing to the point where, no offence, I have, I don't want to offend anyone that tans, but sometimes um, I've seen people that look quite orange, uh, especially like some celebrities can look quite orange when they do tanning. And why is it acceptable for them to want to, you know, be a darker skin tone, but it's not acceptable for those who are born a darker skin tone to stay in that skin tone and to feel comfortable and happy. And that's just what irritates me. So it's like, I don't know, just the Western beauty standards is you can tan, but then when you look at people who actually are of a dark skin tone, that's just not seen as desirable. I don't understand that. Never understand that. Neither do I. Um, it's actually a really good question like to, to pose and ask because it's so it's so weird, actually, when you think about that. Like, I guess because they come into those tanning booths, those tanning machines, you know, with yeah. their spray tans, they, they come in white. So they still hot, like possess that white privilege, you know what I mean? So like even afterwards they still have it it's like you know I've, I've dealt with a few people um not dealt <laughs> um I know a few people and I've met them and like when they tell me their name I'm like really shocked because they dye their hair and they use a lot of like fake tan um and I, I was honestly shocked that their like their name was like Lucy or something you know what I mean and I was like I was just really baffled like sometimes it becomes um 
it becomes just un- do you know what I mean like just unrecognizable yeah. they still like they still possess that that white privilege than like someone else who is actually born with that skin tone yeah. that they spray on they aren't given that same privilege it's just the privilege to decide that today I'm gonna be a dark skin tone to get today I'm not gonna tan so I'm just gonna stay my um skin tone or it's the privilege you know I mean? to choose exactly yeah. some people can't choose you know you can't just scrub off your old tan and then go back to, do you know what I mean really damages your skin I've actually once um from Korea I bought actually I ordered it from I can't even remember where this was way before I went on holiday there I got this big bottle I thought it was just like toner like cream for your like for your body and I didn't realize that I was putting it on myself for like a good year a year and a half and then I finally looked at the ingredients and it, I was bleaching my skin for like over a year and I had no clue and that's why I was looking so pale and everyone was like why do you look so pale why do you like are you ill and I just realized that this whole time that I was bleaching my skin and I didn't even realize so another thing is it check your ingredients and when you know you're buying from places and just check the ingredients so you're not putting something on your skin that's harmful because honestly it I could notice myself I looked ill and it just I I mean I like my brown skin I'm not I mean I have the privilege of being a light skin tone in some but it's just you know be careful with what you use yeah um I think kind of the reason why we wanted to talk about or touch on this subject today was because of um the Atlanta shooting um and what happened um do you want to go into that a bit yes so I believe it was I think it was a couple weeks ago um it was a, I think he was a 21-year-old white man, um, went to, I believe it was specifically Asian beauty parlors, and he murdered eight people, and six were Asian women. Um, and oh, the thing that irritated me the most was, um, obviously we mentioned this in a previous podcast, I think it was a couple podcasts ago, where we mentioned the hatred towards Asians following the, um, pandemic which obviously I believe it probably was there before the pandemic but this has sort of made people Emboldened more bo- people, exactly yeah. exactly and um, so what annoyed me the most is following that obviously they released his name and everything and I don't know what it was what is it a sheriff is it a chief whatever the uh, police guy he was like oh um, he was having a bad day I, I was just really shocked that, that was the narrative that they were going with because I'm sorry when I have a bad day when something is too much I you know go for a bath I read a book I watch some of my favorite tv shows you know listen to music I don't go around and harm people that's not you don't go kill people exactly yeah. that's not the definition of a bad like that's not a definition of what you should do after a bad day I believe after a bad day you should do some sort of self-care things to bring your mood up you know talk yeah. to friends whatever you know um well, that's why supremacy in itself exactly him in alive and the way they treated him the way they arrested him when people are literally being pulled aside on the road for no reason just because of their skin tone and actually being killed by police not committing any crime just existing in the body that they exist in and this white supremacist went and murdered um so many women literally purely from his racist intentions and he was brought in brought in nicely brought in the car and the same thing with the um the guy who committed the the charleston the charleston church shooting yeah they like bought him burger king or something the police bought him burger king it's like... just so it's just so irritating because then i was looking on um a, a, he's a activist's instagram page and he posted that um what was it that when they found this sheriff to i am so sorry i don't know what he is he is something um police dude i'll just say that police guy um he had on his facebook 
t-shirts that just said like China flu or some sort of oh, to... so this was the one that said he was having a bad day yes exactly okay. him so they did a background check on him well not background they just like scroll through his Facebook and they saw that he was actually uh, had t-shirts that were literally saying that I'm walking around wearing those t-shirts so he himself oh is a he himself is a racist so how can you expect him to, to uh, protect and serve and to give justice to the victims um you know one victim left two sons you know they have no other family in america all their families in korea and it just sort of like shocks me the fact that he was treated like that and it was put in such a narrative and i was thinking if he was a different skin color if he was different ethnicity whatever religion whatever would he have been treated the same way would he have been granted that sort of respect that he was by the police force that he was given and it just i don't know so many things irritated me about the way that it was put into the media by the police it's just too much no i I was also reading this is kind of infuriating as well um i was reading how the the white supremacist terrorist responsible for the shooting in atlanta um they wrote how he had a sex addiction um and you know what wasn't really mentioned was the fact that you know an element of white supremacy is to fetishize certain women from certain ethnic minorities or certain ethnic groups um anyway for this reason police discounted racism being a motive um which is insane like you'll say oh he has a sex addiction so it wasn't a racist attack you know it was no it's purely a racist attack fetishizing asian women and like hypersexualizing them is racist motive and contributes to the violence they face every single day um and it's a different type of dehumanization that's never really addressed uh, because it's extremely extremely common and it happens to every non-white female ethnic population it's it's dehumanizing like they're merely being viewed as sex objects um, and you know it's existing to their existence is only to fulfill like a disturbing don't even know what you, like a racial fetish um and it's you know it's violent like that is violent um, and it's a reason for, you know, the harassment, the sexual assault, the rape and the murder. Um, it perpetuates because fetishized, like I was watching so many videos that, that came out after that attack. And it was all these Asian women who uh, were in America and they were sharing these videos where they were harassed, where they were like heckled on the street. Um, and it's a huge racist fetish, like because within that kind of um, verbal sexual assault and these men telling them what they wanted to do to these women, there was parts of what they were saying that were racist um so it's a huge part that can't be taken away from this terrorist motive it's just really i mean if you yourself listening you know you like manga you like anime you like sushi you like noodles you like k-pop whatever it matters if you if you benefit off of their culture and the things that they put out um for entertainment wise and it matters you know you should respect everything like you can't be selective with what you care about you profit off of them in terms of entertainment and stuff like that exactly. so, you should, so you should care about what is happening to them in a bigger picture um yes so it just that whole thing irritated me because to the, I don't understand I will never understand why racism is a thing it's the thing that I said in the previous episode you're not you don't choose the body that you're in you just come in the beautiful form that you come in every single culture is beautiful every single race whatever religion is beautiful in every single different way and i think that's the great thing there are so many bad things about this world but the great thing is that we all come in different shapes sizes forms whatever and that's the one thing that i wish that we would all be um, more appreciative of is is each other yeah i agree with you um and i think like you know obviously looking now like in kind of you know post atlanta like people scapegoating every possible asian was i mean you can say like it stemmed 
a huge part of it stemmed from Trump's, you know, racist trope, like calling it a Chinese virus. Um, you know, it's it's terrifying, honestly, like racially targeting a huge group of people from a racist lie. Um, and this isn't something that's like a new either. I feel like every ethnic group has experienced this and, you know, it needs to stop. I mean, just after 9-11, I was reading the other day, like just after 9-11, um, obviously Muslims were targeted and attacked, but even Sikhs were murdered too. And that was because, like, obviously the ignorance and that, you they know, can't that tell the difference. Racism, they yeah. literally can't even, they just, like, they just don't know the ignorance. difference. Um, and now because of COVID-19, people are doing the same with all Asians and, um, you know, when uneducated and the, the dangerously ignorant need a target for their misplaced, like, anger and frustration, they will always find a target without fail. They'll always find one. And right now, it's literally every Asian on Earth that is their target. Um, and that's why, like, we need to be, um, just to quote Angela, da- Angela Davis, I do love you, Ange. Um, <laughs> you know, she said, it's not enough to be, you know, to, to not be racist. You have to be proactively anti-racist. Um, and that's exactly what we need to be doing right yeah. now. Um, and also what you were saying earlier, like, oh, the police, the sheriff talking about um, the Atlanta shooter, um, that you want to say shooter, the Atlanta terrorist, as, um, oh, he was just having a bad day. Um, I mean, how many attacks have there been? I mean, just like on the top of my head, I remember the the, the Christchurch mosque shooting in well terrorist attack in twenty nineteen. Um, that that wasn't that long ago, and that was no. really horrific. You know, he filmed it as if he was in like a video game, and he he went. I I mean, I remember it so vividly. He went in and he like he he murdered people as they were praying. Like he shot them in the back. Like it's just horrific and the charleston church shooting which i just spoke about so okay so christchurch targeting muslims um sorry christchurch uh, mosque attack was targeting muslims the charleston church shooting targeting black people and then the el paso shooting targeting latin american people Mm -hmm. and then also like pittsburgh synagogue shooting targeting jewish people and then even joe cox like um what happened with Joe Cox in 2016 she was murdered and a sitting MP a sitting member of parliament in this country was murdered by a white supremacist someone shouting Britain first as he shot and stabbed her like it's, it's terrifying and she was simply murdered because of her socialist views and you can kind of see like the way who they're targeting and even the the, the White House coup um, even just recently they were targeting progressives. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to call Democrat, Democrats that progressive, but to these white supremacists, like Democrats are progressive, and weren't they like they were trying to find AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez? Yeah. They were trying to find um, what's the the speaker, Nancy Pelosi? Nancy Pelosi. I yeah, think. I think, yeah, yeah. That's I think that is her name. And they were like Nancy, where are you? And then trying to attack Nancy as well, and like it's absolutely crazy. It's crazy, and even the. The Charlottesville. Do you remember that that whole? Oh, what was it? You will not replace us. Oh and yeah. This horrible protest, and they're all like with pitchforks and not pitchforks. I don't know what you call those things. Fire on the end. It was just. I remember looking at it. I was like, what? Or oh, we can swear on this podcast. Thank God. I was just thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just honestly thinking, what the fuck is going on? And do you remember like Mon- Monroe Bergdorf spoke out about that, and then all these brands that had kind of endorsed her. One, I think one was L'Oreal. They dropped her. Because she she simply said, you know, she simply stated the fact that what happened in Charlottesville, they were white supremacists, which we can all agree on. That's a fact. They will even say that yeah. themselves. And like, that's how they'll describe themselves. She was dropped. It and was people... so, 
I saw that then they appoint like the new CEO ever apologized to her, but it's a little too late. You can't pick and choose when you want to be involved in a movement just because it wasn't cool to be, you know, politically woke then doesn't mean it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't, you can't pick and choose when you want to be standing with somebody when they're obviously saying something wrong. She didn't right, sorry, she about something wrong. She wasn't saying anything wrong at all. She was saying what was clearly shown. It just it's just embarrassing that now all these companies want to um jump on the bandwagon but where were they back in the day when when people were saying it and they were dropping them I'll never understand I agree with you I think it's they've kind of um they've seen that to get more profit I'm talking about major corporations or companies they'll kind of diversify at the lowest possible level so they'll probably get some models that are of a, a different um ethnic background they'll get some models in that just you know not not that many let's be real they'll get the bare minimum um but then as you go up and up and up to like ceo level they're all still white yeah like they're trying to pretend like they're diversifying like but it's purely just for profit intention it's not actually about trying to diversify to you know um create a level playing field to kind of you know not uphold white supremacy which is majorly upheld in these kind of corporations companies um so yeah i think that's l'oreal they just wanted to do it to be woke exactly um, and they the reali- initial reaction was their true reaction but it, and then they realize that okay it's not um it's not cool to sort of not speak out on it at the moment so that's when they decided to speak out on it it's just embarrassing it's just really embarrassing because as humans we know what's right and wrong and clearly that's wrong i mean yeah. you why would you condone hatred towards a group of people why would you want to hurt anyone i couldn't in my imagine couldn't in my wildest dream imagine if we all had like, we all have bad days, right? I have bad days, you have bad days. You listening have a bad day sometimes, you know, sometimes. And imagine if we all did that on a bad day, what that would look like for all of us, you know? It's just, like, you can't justify that. And I don't think that should be a reasoning as to why he did that. And, um, yeah, it's just embarrassing because we all have bad days. I know I have bad days. So I think a lot of people, you know, they thought to themselves, like, once Donald Trump, left the white house these white supremacist terrorists and like fanatical weirdos and freaks they would somehow disappear too but as we've seen with what happened in atlanta um his presidency has only especially his campaign trail but also his presidency has only emboldened them further um and if we go back to like 2008 when barack obama was elected the u.s's first black president people were saying like this is a new dawn um and all this bullshit um but obama was was one black man in a white supremacist white house you know a white house built by slaves built on the bloodshed of the native people of turtle island as well as obama being you know a typical awful democrat president like don't get me started like from the day he was elected um anyway but from the day he was elected like that's when anti-black racism grew at insane rates in the u.s and that's something that you know people thought oh it's going to be a new dawn but what actually happened was it just increased the rates of like anti-black racism within the country which i think speaks volumes um about the world we it's also in. just um, in trump's whole um, presidency campaign as it is like he literally questioned obama's birth certificate his american birth certificate vowed to build a wall you know along u.s mexico deport people ban immigration for muslims um yeah, in the, oh, the immediate aftermath of his um, election as president, in literally November 2016, reported hate crimes directed at minorities increased significantly. Um, and what shocked me is, like, 
if Obama was right, the validity of his passport never would have been questioned, and that's what and that's what irritates me. Like, exactly. I believe that these hate groups and these, you know, people were already there. You know, they were already there, already having those views. But because of Trump, they sort of had that sort of backbone to be louder about it. I mean, the KKK was here years before Trump, and will probably be here, it's still here now. You know, and it just they gave he gave them the sort of you know, the moral boost to sort of say what they wanted to say and do what they wanted to do towards minorities. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I also think, like, looking in hindsight, um, Trump's presidency, like, I mean, okay, so let's look back at Obama, like, his his election, his, you know, him being in office, that kind of, you know, boosted this massively increased anti-black racism and we've seen like with more diverse people coming into such white supremacist institutions those same people of from ethnic backgrounds they they face the same kind of rhetoric and the same kind of discrimination like um let's talk about you know congress right now isn't it like they've been it's, people dubbed it like the most diverse congress in history um so like alexandria ocasio cortez and rashida Tlaib, ilhan omar um, and all these incredible people that have been elected, like, um, they faced, like, I remember just watching um, a video of just Rashida Tlaib breaking down, um, talking about all the, it was really, really um, sad to watch, but she was talking about all the hate she was receiving, the, like, death threats and all the horrific things, like, it was horrific, and that's literally what, what happens, like, you can't, you can't, I don't know how to word this, but you can't try to diversify a white supremacist institution. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to completely start again, dismantle it, and then put in the right people. Yeah, that's, that's literally what needs to happen. Yeah. You can't. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me how people were like, "Oh, it's a new dawn." When Barack Obama was elected, when the house was built by slaves Very on true. stolen native land. Like it's never gonna be fully done. Do you know what I mean it's not gonna be you know um, a government for all Americans because all Americans exactly. are not white. And it's I just mean? I um, I mean I remember AOC. I can't remember who it was exactly, but somebody was like you know calling her a snowflake and all these sort of like demeaning things. And all she wants to do is try to help the world be a better place and be the voice of the people. Um, I can't remember what's that documentary on Netflix of her and um, the other the other ladies as well. Yes. What, oh, knock down the house. Knock down the house. Want to learn more about her and other women like her, sort of on the political pathway? Because I believe she's a she's a congresswoman, is it? She what's her official sort of title? I don't know. Um, I. Um, no, she's a Yes. Yeah, so watch yeah. that if you have the time. Um, it's just I don't know. It's what a world. What a world. I agree. And something you said earlier, um, as well, Janvi, like. Um, people sometimes like, oh, well, wh- where did white supremacy come from? Because, like, it didn't start with the KKK. KKK are just, you know, a part of it. Um, you know, it, I mean, it notably came mm. from, obviously, colonialism. Like, it came from the UK, France, Belgium, Spain, Italy, and all these brutal colonial powers who brutally, you know, were colonizing people of color around the world um, whilst enslaving those populations and those countries, it's stealing just... their resources. But they also, within that, they exerted this, like, toxic notion of white supremacy that they are still fighting within those countries today. 
Um, and they also exerted like misogyny on indigenous matriarchal societies. So white like white supremacy is interwoven into like other oppressions like sexism and misogyny too. There's a really good Venn diagram. Yeah, I've somewhere. seen it. You've you seen it, it, it you yeah. see I think I sent it to you. But it just shows how it's all kind of linked together how like racism is linked to capitalism capitalism is linked to sexism and all these things like are all i mean obviously settler colonialism and um destruction of the earth all of these things are all intertwined because they all exacerbate exactly. each other the other day i was um, watching um i think it was on youtube i'll try to link it um if i find it um it was basically a video on africa and sort of the stages so it gave you year by year when the when the mostly european countries came in and sort of um, divided up Africa as if it was theirs to divide and, you know, taking the resources, so like, you know, um, gold, I mean, slaves, anything they were rinsing the land of to profit themselves. And it will always irritate me because I fully believe that, I mean, Africa, don't believe, as I was saying like don't, in the previous podcast, don't believe how they show you it in a globe is huge. If Africa were to unite, it would probably be a very strong country. And the fact that it was divided up, they knew how strong Africa could be. So they went there and they divided up as if they were allowed to. And that's what really irritates me is like they come and they take the land that's not theirs and they divide it up. Like, do you know what I mean? They divide it up like, oh, you know, you want some of that? I'll have some of this. It's just it's the because they're white supremacists. Literally, because they're white supremacists, they viewed everyone in the continent of Africa as lesser than them. They felt they just had the just... they could do that. Uh, yeah, I think it's the scramble. Yes, for and um, yeah. it just sort of like irritates me because um, I saw a um picture that somebody posted on Instagram a couple of days ago, of um I think it was the Georgia governor signed a ninety bill, uh, ninety page bill into a law rolling back voting rights all over the state. Um, first of all, there's not a single woman or person of color in that photo, and if you see um in the photo in the background, um. I think they somebody said that it was actually a slave plantation or was a plantation that they've got in the picture in the background, which is kind of crazy, not to mention it's basically just like Jim Crow all over again. Um, you know, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's, it's mm. ins- I think I saw that post as well. Um, but like just what you were saying previously, like about the scramble for Africa, um, like Africa could have been the the richest continent on earth if it wasn't for colonization they they're rich in so many resources um and that's why you'll you'll see like these countries who colonize them are known for those resources because literally because they've colonized them and they're still colonizing them to this day and like obviously corporations and other ways they find to informally colonize like obviously like people be like mm, have you tried belgian chocolate blah blah belgium doesn't grow cocoa so so where are they where are they getting that from obviously they're getting it from like the DRC and other countries in Africa that they colonized. Um, so it's just like you have to. Yeah. It's just the understanding that it could have been the richest continent on earth. They, I mean, I think I've spoken about this in a previous podcast as well, but the DRC specifically, like, has, you know, their national river. If you put like hydroelectricity, like, if you installed like hydroelectricity plants on it, it could power electricity. That's amazing. For the whole of Africa. That's how rich the, the sort continent of like... is. I don't know it just really irritates me the whole thing because even to this day it's like small microaggressions such as putting Africa so small on a map on a globe when we know how big it is it's like um, I did mention this previously when I was in primary school I used to think Africa was so small and I didn't even know Africa was as big and then when it came to when I was a bit older I was like what I was like what the hell why is it 
why is it so small on a map when it's actually so big? Like, I believe that's kind of like microaggressions to continue to undermine them, to make them seem so small when really they're not. They could be so powerful. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, there are a few people like coming out to call out um, white supremacy, like one of them being kind of um, Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, he said, I mean, obviously, apart from the Neil, which I thought was really important and a lot of like it's crazy how much the neo like like drove white supremacists crazy when he knew and donald trump as well bloody it drove them all crazy like like a black man having the free will to kneel and to yeah to defy like that and to like the fact that he actually risked his career now you know he wasn't hired after that he literally risked his career for that and it it shouldn't even be a risk do you know what i mean it shouldn't have even in your mind be a risk and i was seeing a video i mean the only person that i keep talking about when i say i'm seeing is probably sean king if you have time to look at his instagram look at it he's got some interesting stuff on there um he posted a video of I think it was at a, a women's college basketball or it was at some kind of women's game where before the game the women took the knee and the um the I think it was the coach or somebody didn't realize that their mic was on right because obviously when they have they the feed it's usually you know the people can hear it and what he didn't realize is he was saying this stupid um and then he was calling them the n-word and he was being very degrading towards them and he didn't realize that his oh mic God. was on and um, then that came out and it's just like so crazy. Like Colin did that years ago and these these women were doing it just recently and nothing has changed. Like they're still being degraded just for having a speech, freedom of speech, you know. He shouldn't have had to risk his... Yeah, he, he shouldn't have had freedom to risk his career yeah. doing that and they shouldn't have had to be degraded and um, have racist slurs thrown towards him just because they were doing something that, you know, is important to them as a freedom of speech, as a quote free was it free country or whatever you know yeah yeah they really is like it? to dwell on that don't they is it oh, land of the brave it just really it really actually pisses me off like you know a lot of people are like oh i need to go to america america's the country of the free even americans like oh my god like when they speak about i mean okay i don't want people to judge me but um <laughs> i do watch 90 day fiance and uh, <laughs> but on this show like the americans are so like it's horrible like they're so like nationalist and so like they think that every single person in the world is like they just you know they're they're so thirsty to come to america like it just really they're like oh they they just really want to come to america i mean look at the state of their country they view america as this incredible country than every single other place in the world is a shithole that's honestly what they think um and it's crazy i I love it because a lot of these people who are from other countries are like do you think we even want to come to america like they just give it straight (laughs) it's just kind of crazy because i believe um, like when you're from a country, it's okay to notice the good things, but you also have to be aware of the bad things going on in the country that you're from as well. No place is 100% good. Like, we can talk... Yeah. But that is that is white supremacist mm-hmm. to think your country is better than a lot of... And a lot of these countries um, where people weren't... Obviously, 90 Day Fiancé is a programme where an American gets engaged to someone from another country in the world. Um, but it is white supremacy for that American to view every single other country, like as a shithole and to think that america takes top you know that is that is white supremacist as well um and also like uh just going back to colin kaepernick um so on the previous um u.s independence day lol independence lol 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 um you know he he said i think it was a tweet i don't know if it was a tweet um but he said like we we reject your celebration of white supremacy um and that was such like an important thing to say specifically on this day, because that's literally what the day is all about. Um, and 
oh, I really hate like when I see people like, oh, July 4th, July 4th. Like it just honestly makes my blood boil. Um, but, you know, this narrative um, is a narrative we need to be shedding light on, like in the midst of like nationalist, fascist, white supremacist propaganda forced down our throats as soon as we leave the womb. Like, I mean, there is a certain amount of like nationalist propaganda we receive in this country. Um, I mean, in school, like, did you ever sing yeah. like, Rule Britannia? Yeah, uh, yuck. And um, I mean, I was talking to someone who lives in America and they were saying like how, I mean, honestly, I couldn't believe it. It sounds so, to be honest, dictatorshipy. Um, how they like bring up the American flag and they all have to stand there, salute the American flag and they all have to like sing the national anthem. Like, this was like a daily thing. Did you? Um, and that's Do you know really what's funny is um, years ago when I went to India and um, so I sat down, you know, here you just sit down, the movie rolls, trailers, whatever. But before they play the movie or anything, they do the national anthem and you have to stand up in the cinema. So bearing in mind, like, I wasn't born and brought up there. So I, I was not aware of that. That's so crazy. I'm sitting down, munching on my, you know, cinema snacks. And then it rolls on. And I, th- I think I remember someone pulling me up and I was like, bloody hell, I didn't realise. And I didn't realise. I was just shocked. It's just different countries in the way that they show. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. And a lot of the times people don't want yeah. to acknowledge what's what's going on in their country in terms of the bad things. I think. But those things are essentially dangerous. Like, I mean, really, should you really be having a national anthem uh, apart from, I mean, I mean, I'm just not really for. I can't think of, of one that I like. But the only kind of, I mean, no, I'm just thinking about in a way where it's justified, where, I mean, before <laughs> the cinema's a bit much. Like I might just. I mean, I don't know if they still do that, but that was when I went in 2009. (laughs) My popcorn would be stale, man. Like, I don't want to be too. But it's like, I'm just trying to think of. I mean, Mm. the Olympics, maybe like when they when they win a medal. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, that's something like. I mean, I can't. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a way. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of one that I'm really struggling. I don't know a lot. I'm ashamed to say that I don't know a lot of national anthems. I think I know the American. I don't like this country's car. I don't like the monarchy. So I don't really want to say God save the queen. Um, I don't like America's mm. because it's a settler colony. Um, I don't like... Um, don't really <laughs> like any... I like Palestine, that's it. <laughs> I honestly, What's I the really, Palestinian one again? So there's actually two. There's... Um, Mountain. I, mean, we sing, like, <laughs> I remember that. Means, like my home. Yeah, but there's also another one which is like with loads of trumpets and stuff. I'm not sure which is the which is the most formal one. But I we like have that two, one. But I prefer Maltini. So I I'm remember when talking about Maltini, I remember when Omar Khan was singing that at his concert. I remember that. <laughs> oh, what a <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly that's and literally. Oh, I just yeah, I just love Maltini. What a beautiful! I think it's also Iraq. Wow, that's cool. It's a nice sure one. That, I like it. Someone told me that. Yeah. Um, but it literally translates to my homeland. And I remember, like, one time when I was younger, oh, when was this? This was one time when I went to Palestine, like, um, my aunt was singing it to her baby daughter. Like, the baby was, like, literally a month old in her arms, and she was singing That's it to adorable. her. And I was, like, That's so adorable. Beautiful. Yeah. If there's one song you've got to sing to your kid, it's that. But um, I think, I mean, yeah, I just, I can't think of another yeah. person. Well, my homework after today is listen to more... Um, what do you call it? National anthems and feed back on which one is my favorite. I'm curious to know is a Spanish one and like around the country, like 
the Korean one, the Chinese. I just want to learn more. I'll feed back next time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. watch the Olympics. Yeah. Olympics. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. No, okay, I give up. <laughs> I, I really give up. I've just got brain fog now. Um, what, were we, what were we talking about? <laughs> You sorry, sorry. I was just like, remembering when you took me to his concert. <laughs> Very good voice. Anyone has time to listen to him, please listen to him. Oh, jam, jam, jam. Buttery. Okay. We're going to have to explain uh, that now. Yeah, basically, you can say it. Well, should I say it? Okay, right. Basically, um, we were. So basically, there's this really creepy guy. Can't really mention names <laughs> for legal reasons. Um, <laughs> so this is really creepy. <laughs> So there's this really creepy guy. I mean, I would say... He's I'd say 50. around 50, 50 to mid-50s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so basically, it's a really old guy, yeah. Um, and he's honestly such a freak. And he he's just... There's been many, like, run-ins with him. He's just really creepy. Like, he grabbed my arm once to see my tattoo. Like, you don't do that. I mean, I just think it's creepy. Anyway, he's just a creep. So we were at this concert. What well, was it? A Wakamal concert. And me and Jam were... We went out, actually, to go to the toilet during the interval of water we, we a bit. of water and um yeah 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 and um yeah definitely water yeah and um we were <laughs> we were coming down the stairs and this creep was coming up and then he literally just looked me in the eye and then said buttery <laughs> i was like oh okay hi I and i that. thought I, was, I had no idea what to do I That's know, what I, I literally was asking, asking for a, for a power bank. <laughs> Maybe it's on 1%. <laughs> I think oh. it's battery pack. <laughs> and I was like, what? Because <laughs> uh, obviously it was quite loud. There were a lot of people speaking. I, honestly, I, I thought he was asking for a battery pack. And honestly, there are a few things I don't share in life. I don't share food. What about that person that was using and I don't share battery phone? Packs. Was it your charger? Oh my god, once me and Jambu, I'm not even okay. <laughs> once me and Jambu were at this really questionable place, and um, like we you just had to leave your bags in the corner and then you'd like dance no, in we this didn't. area. Well, we didn't really do much dancing, we were just watching everyone else. And um, yeah, there was, it was just yeah. kind of really creepy old men. I don't know, I'm really sorry to drag you to that. I didn't think that. it would be like that. <laughs> and we had to leave our bags in the corner, and I left like the smallest bit of my charger out, so like the obviously the the, um, the white wire, my phone <laughs> charger, and this guy was sitting by my bag using my charger. The thing is, he didn't even know. You. Imagine seeing somebody's could, bag and just thinking, "I'm gonna have a rifle through there to turn on their power bank." That's just really weird. Inappropriate. I know it's actually <laughs> it's it also is. borderline illegal. <laughs> you could. Have. He's lucky I didn't sue. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, um, I actually really can't remember what we were talking about now. <laughs> but All I have in my mind is. I swear three. to God, that was just the highlight of the whole night. You know, I had to go to my dad later on and I had to be like, does that mean something in Arabic? Because honestly, I didn't think it meant anything in Arabic. Like, my Arabic isn't that good, but like, I was just thinking that definitely doesn't remind me of anything. And then my dad was like, maybe, yeah, you wanted the back. <laughs> That's amazing. I'll never forget that. Uh, anyway. um, shall we what, what are we um, talking about shall we move on to what we can do <laughs> to t- destroy white supremacy we could have a chat about um what is being upholded 
currently so for example um police systems prison systems um like for example i mentioned i think it was in the previous one or the one before about the percentage of um natives in australian prisons and the fact that um in juvenile detention centers it's like almost half of them are um, native children in the juvenile detention centers that's yeah and they make up such a small percent of the actual population that is so disproportionate it's just sort of crazy and the fact that um i don't know it's just sort of shocking because you think that these places have people who are native to that land. you think that you'd come then if you are going to go there have some respect um no, no, no. When you're a penal just... colony that comes over to an indigenous people, spreads disease, rapes the women, kills like no, then they're never gonna change from that. If it's how I it know, started, it's, just... it's not it's not gonna I end just, really, like is it? When they're still in power. For humanity was that somebody at some point during all of that crap would have been like, This is actually really horrific. This is actually so horrible. Like we're hurting people. But it was but mainly how, it was mainly white men. All of that didn't think that it was wrong to do that and to like kill people and to watch people's life, Morally, like the yeah. life drain in front of your eyes. Why would you think that? I w- I could never imagine hurting somebody like that. So I don't. I just don't understand why somebody at some point didn't say this is really messed up. We need to stop. It's just I don't know. And yeah, I can't. I can't understand it either. But I think kind of before talking about police, like. You know, let's address how settler colonial states are rooted in in white supremacy. Like mentioning a few to start with, a few the United States, Israel, Australia, for example. Like the U.S. was built on the dehumanization and genocide of its native inhabitants, as you know, the white colonizers saw themselves superior to the indigenous native people. They stole people, human beings, from the shores of Africa, used them as slaves. Um, to build their new settler colonial states and then continue to massacre indigenous people to this day and like obviously from Jim Crow to George Floyd like they've they've held you know they they have upheld white supremacy as the backbone of the US's existence and essentially if you think about it the US will cease to exist if it is not white supremacist like why have the CIA the FBI and all these other American white supremacist groups which is what they are which they should be called why have they gone out of their way to assassinate prominent anti-racist leaders like Malcolm X like Martin Luther King Jr you know arresting Angela Davis trying to arrest Asata Shakur you know if America was not white supremacist it would cease to exist and that's why they're going, that's why yeah. in history, like, they've always gone for those anti-racist people, people, like, daring to change the settler colonial it's status quo. It's like um, that um, thing that came out recently about the man who <laughs> left that letter, who basically said that he knew what was going to happen. Um, was it with for Malcolm X? It was the whole, like, um, the fact that he was involved in it. Yeah, and he himself was. was a black man, but he felt like he was being bullied, that he had no choice to do it. And he said that he took it for the rest of his life, the regret and the pain towards it. But it's just saying that they are literally the reason for why some prominent civil rights leaders have been assassinated, but we don't know because it's all been hidden very well until somebody, I don't know, passes away and leaves a letter. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, we don't know how much they're involved mm. and got their fingers in everything. And it's just kind of scary to think that. They're always listening. They always know how to get involved. There was no how, a way to hurt people. It's just, it's a scary world to live in. And it's just going back to like um, 
the Asian Americans. I'm saying Asian Americans because most of the time I've been seeing things and it's been mostly in America, but that doesn't mean that it's not everywhere because it pretty much is everywhere. Um, we have, yeah, I did mention the UK. a previous podcast that since um, coronavirus, I think it was like um, the Met Police had reported that there was about, I think it was 450, around the 400 to 500 mark of uh, race-related crimes on people whose self-diagnosed ethnicity was Chinese. So it's kind of crazy. So it's not just in one place. Um, but I'm saying America because I saw a clip of um, this elderly grandma, right? This man comes to punch her in the face. And she does what we would all do, which is literally defend herself. And she just basically knocks him out and then obviously the ambulance comes and the ambulance puts him in a in a stretcher she's distressed she's crying and she's shouting because she's been attacked and then they don't try to calm her down they don't even try to give her medical attention they don't give her anything they give him the stretcher they put him away nicely but with her they don't tell her to sit down they don't give her like somewhere to sit down or anything water nothing and I just think she's been brutally attacked why is everyone ignoring her and she did the right thing she defended herself you know I would do the same thing you know, if someone was trying to attack me, you try to defend yourself by any means necessary. Oh, by any means necessary. Oh, I agree. But I remember watching that video as well. It was pretty she shocking. Was, like, yeah. She had blood as I... well. Like, she was bleeding. And the only thing they do is, you know, put the the white yeah. racist... And I remember after all of that, I think um, I read somewhere that she's actually going to be donating to um, charities to stop hatred towards Asian Americans even after everything she's been through and it's just sort of like I don't know it must be painful and also must be really scary to step outside I would be so scared to go outside I'd be scared for my mum my dad my grandpa do you know what I mean it's not something that it's not something that we need to feel you know it's just not necessary it's horrific to even think about really like what they're going through right now um I'm just thinking about that video when you sent it to me, I was just... It was, yeah, I it actually really, just started like, crying. Honestly, I couldn't away. deal with it. Because that night after it. everything came out, more videos were surfacing. And um, I follow, I think it's called Next Shark. Um, it's a page that posts about um, predominantly Asian-American sort of issues going on. Um, and it was just, they were just posting a lot of videos. And sometimes I don't go on Instagram because I don't want to see that. But I was having to catch up because you have to be aware of what's going on in the world you can't completely be shut off you can some days think that it's a bit too much I don't really do you know what I mean you need to sort of understand what's going on to be able yeah. exactly burn but out yeah, prevent burn days out I yeah. understand put your phone away you know maybe for the evening read or don't go on your phone but um to be a good ally you need to be aware of what's going on in the world so I exactly so I was having a look and I was just seeing all these videos yeah. and I was just crying because I was just like this is just this is not okay. I don't want to be a part of a world where this is okay. And I don't want to be part of a world where nothing is happening towards these people that are literally being racist for no reason. She's an old woman. What the fuck? I mean, sorry. What the F is she going to do? Do you know what I mean? She won't be able... Like, you would assume that she wouldn't be able to defend herself and you'd just go for it. But luckily she was able to. He could have done a lot more damage. Yeah. Um, I just think to mm. um, continue on from that point as well, um, like we're talking about white supremacy in you know in its kind of um, starting forms in its purest form, like settler colonial white supremacy is the purest form of white supremacy, and if we eradicate that, we can eradicate it in all of its other forms. 
like if you look at the history in which like even so so the united states the settler colony that it is it's a white supremacist settler colony the way it's treated um black people the way it's treated the native inhabitants the way it's treated even asian people and a lot of posts came out after the atlanta terrorist attack and um they came out saying you know this really brutal history that asian americans have faced at the hands of white supremacist united states um and it's something that like if we really want to see change and because of the power that america has in today's world um it starts with eradicating settler colonialism um and also just speaking i'll say more personally um obviously like being palestinian like i know firsthand like israel you know is another white ethno settler colony built on indigenous palestinian land on the bloodshed and genocide of the palestinian people a settler colony that upholds a brutal apartheid regime um an apartheid system used to uphold white supremacy and they are able to do this because they uphold white supremacy hand in hand with their bff white supremacist bff the united states another white supremacist state you know palestinians have been victim to the same racist terrorist attacks like we saw in atlanta the past week like just one on the top of my head like right now um is the el ibrahimi mosque massacre um whereby this zionist white supremacist he went into the el ibrahimi mosque which is a mosque in hebron in the west bank actually hebron is called al khalil um hebron again like another thing that israel did was they completely like whitewashed all of our names for all of our um towns and cities um and this murderer his name was um this white supremacist terrorist his name was Baruch goldstein um and um, so he went to this mosque on a Friday. He knew that a lot of Muslims would be, you know, at this mosque on Friday, as obviously Fridays, um, Jumma, it's like the most religious day, holy day for Muslims during the week. And um, he went there on a Friday. He shot thirty Palestinians dead. He injured hundreds. Um, he <sighs> he killed like he shot them in the back whilst they were praying. He, like, I think he he injured like literally hundreds. Um, and I remember reading how like. Burt Goldstein, so the Zionist white supremacist terrorist, how he was actually like he was from Brooklyn, New York. And he was, you know, he, he was a doctor and he would refuse to treat Arab patients. Imagine this is where it started. Like he went from one white supremacist settler colony to the next. And all of, you know, being raised in the United States emboldened him to be that way. And then obviously come to another white supremacist settler colony, Israel, and then fulfill his supremacist fantasies. Like it's absolutely insane. Like he was, you know, um, I also read like he would, um, I don't know the exact medical terminology, but he would throw away um, blood, like blood donations that Arabs That is had evil. Um, like, I mean, it's, it's honestly sick. Um, and he was inspired and essentially radicalized to commit this massacre from the leaders of Israel itself as well. So imagine like what that says about Israel as an entity. Like it obviously says it's, it's a white supremacist settler colony entity like the USA, like Australia. Um, yeah, and just to emphasize like settler colonial white supremacy is the purest form of white supremacy. And if we do eradicate that in the US, in Israel, in Australia and other settler colonies alike, we can eradicate it in all its other forms. And I think during the Black Lives Matter protest, like when people were tearing down those statues of... Um, slave owners slave traders um and also here in the uk um they took down a I, think statue, it was in bristol, I believe yeah. it was in bristol 
oh, it's all happening in Bristol. I know. What's happening right now with police brutality in Bristol? Um, big up Bristol, I just want to say, but um, it's, you know, people were saying, okay, we need to take down also Winston Churchill, we need to take down Leopold. Those are all parts of it. Those are all parts in which we can um, start to eradicate white supremacy once we eradicate it in all of its forms that it's upheld. Like, one way it's upheld is the way in exactly. which we are educating each other. Like, I know a lot of people think, oh, I know Piers Morgan, ugh, when he did his little tantrum on... Um, GMB, like, <laughs> Good GMB. Morning. I can't even remember what the hell it's called. Good morning, Britain. Yeah, I don't watch that crap, but um, when he had his little tantrum and he walked off... <laughs> um, he posted a post on Instagram of Winston Churchill like it was somehow, you know, a great thing to post about Winston Churchill. And he will go to the death to defend Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill was a racist, white supremacist pig. Like, there's no other way to define also, like, understand who why, he was. Why um, you'd want to keep so... statues of people who have such heinous history up. Why would you want that up? I don't understand. Yeah, Because it's a history they don't recognise. They, they view it as a history like... Honestly, it's really. I thank God we can we, swear, but like, it's just really we never. Up. We also never like, taught they, that though. Like in school, yeah. it's one thing that they want to avoid is British colonization. It'd be so nice as a country to to learn about um, other countries exactly, and to learn about other countries like colonization. Throughout my years yeah. of secondary school, from year seven to eleven, I think I did pre Hitler, like during Hitler, post Hitler. Like, you know, like Weimar Germany um, and stuff like that. But I didn't like. It was very interesting to learn about all of that, and I don't, I don't want to not like not. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. It was important to exactly. learn, it, but it's like important I, to include other things. Yeah. A balanced sort of world history. It would have been nice, you know, learn about Africa. Why did I get to such a big age and not realize how big Africa was? I'm not even going to say how old I was because it's embarrassing. And why do I not learn about you know where I'm from, India, and the history of Britain there? Why do I not learn about Australia, New Zealand, America? And it's just like, and then again, like when I went to college, I was given the option of basically learn about um, the same stuff all over again. I thought, no, so that's why I picked to do civil rights. And that's how I met you, Farah. But um, that, but that's actually, I just like, I don't know. It's just, it would be nice to learn about more things. It'd be nice to hold them accountable. It's not like we're we're pointing to people and just saying, your ancestors, do you know what I mean? We don't want to, we don't want to say that you did this, you did this. It's not about pointing fingers, it's about educating people. Do you know what I mean? It's just about everyone learning about the history of the country that you're literally in and what they've done. Not only just that, it's just also to broaden your knowledge on the world as a whole. And sometimes it's not pretty, but you have to know. Yeah, I get you. But I think um they they really whitewash what you'll learn um and i've said this before when i looked at like old exercise books from school um i saw this book about and they really tried to, it was really bizarre looking back on it. it i need to find this book um but it's, it's somewhere in my attic man I, I need to dig it out but basically they tried to glorify um colonialism by you know where does british tea come from oh it comes from these nice indian women picking the tea and then you have to color in the indian women like, like it was nothing like it was normal do you know what i mean it was very bizarre reading it but that's yeah. how they they slyly go over those you know um brutal parts of it's just like history. you know um yeah they're not but of course they're, but they're never going to teach that they're never going to teach that because what comes with that the question of reparations what comes with that this you know the question of um you know distributing wealth in a fair way because obviously it's you know it's not a coincidence that these countries in the west are you know the yeah. richest countries is because of colonialism it's not a coincidence that america 
um, is a rich country because it's a settler colonial state. You know, it's, it's you know these things aren't coincidental. It's not because of oh, um, I mean, white supremacists think you know because they're superior they were able to it's not like that at all and oh my god israel like i've heard so many israeli people say this um oh look what especially israeli leaders specifically um when they'll say things like oh look what palestine has done with the land like we we made we made the desert bloom i mean honestly fuck off like you made the desert bloom like it's just honestly the most ridiculous crap i've ever heard in my life like you know it's this kind of demeaning um yeah. acting like we're all savages before they came along and they well it's not it's completely false it's completely false from start to finish like all of these countries were doing just fine exactly it, before it's just colonizers like, came it's along it's really shocking because I mean? they go there and they demean people like what winston churchill said about indians as well he wasn't very nice and it's just a, like what you were saying making them out to be like savages and um making them out to be less human Exactly. Like, like colonization exactly. Doing them We've come to you know make you yeah. less brutal, make you. You know what I mean? It's just it's annoying. And um, what's I gonna say? The other thing that I wanted to mention is like when we were, when I was learning about Germany, we just always wanted to point out, you know, how bad Hitler was, how bad this was. But there, are, but of course he was bad. He was absolutely an evil person. But it's also about other people who were also evil. Like during my years in secondary school, I could name you loads of things about Hitler, but I could not tell you about anybody else anybody else honestly i'd rather not waste my time doing one subject over the course of years and years and years i'd rather learn everything i can about that subject and learn about more do you know what i mean i don't oh yeah, yeah. also don't want to learn about i mean Henry not VIII. that i thought it was Fucking a waste hell. of time because honestly what he no not him I Hitler, henry the eighth was a waste henry of time VIII, yeah i don't know I've... oh oh Headed died divorce headed divorce died honestly divorce it's just oh, i don't know but i do think it was a good it was a good use of time to learn about Hitler, but I think it could have been made more information to be accessible by doing more countries. Exactly. They could have exactly. really tied it to other things and as well. I yeah. don't know. It just sort of irritated me a little bit because... But also, they're not really teaching history well. If you look back and, like, there's a lot of neo-Nazis in the countries where they teach the most about, you know, um, pre-World War Two Germany and stuff like a lot of those countries have neo-Nazis, even in this country I'm reading, that obviously even the way they're teaching it isn't teaching it in a way where it's, you know, this was wrong. We don't want history to repeat itself, which is in the way it should be. Yes. It should be taught, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just, I mean, how are you sitting in those lessons and then becoming a neo-Nazi? What the fuck? Us, that was never, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just and so... Also- uh, and obviously they tied it to like if they did include like what, colonialism and other things into those um into that subject you would kind of think you exactly. would have a better world view exactly you know what i mean i don't know i just think you have to be really careful about what you're teaching the next generation it's also important to teach them everything it's like what we mentioned in the previous podcast about how when we were in our history class and um our history teacher was um really emphasizing about the fact that um martin luther king had affairs and this and that and just trying to yeah, and just character assassinating, and him. it's just it's, sitting there like WTF. It's very good like, to what, teach these subjects. I think civil rights is a very interesting topic to learn about. There, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's Literally, truth, it's just love. like you can't, you can't <laughs> be biased when you're teaching a subject. You, it's not on the. And I literally, I was looking in the textbook. Where the, where the hell does it say this? Does it say this anyway? Is it going to be in the exam? No. So just leave it out. You know, you're you're perpetuating a thought into people by making it that he did such good things, but you know he was a bad man because he had affairs. 
And then making us criticize acts like things he like Selma. I just remember that she goes nothing. Criticize about Selma. What can honestly, you fuck off. Like honestly, how how are you teaching that as a as a white woman? Like how are you teaching your class that to criticize the acts of a huge major inspirational civil rights leader who you know made a massive impact on the civil rights of it just everyone makes, in that country? It makes like, no sense because crit- by like, criticizing and say for example if we were to which. I know that we didn't. But say, say, for example, we were to, what would that do? We can't go back in time, even if we did. And it's not on the exam. Why are you wasting our time? Like, I just don't understand. Why would we do it? First of all, very, very disrespectful. But I, I think it might have been oh, sorry. a part of It's very sorry. disrespectful, it first of all. Second of all, like, I don't, I understand where she was trying to come from, but I just think it was just so inappropriate. And I, I don't know. I, I don't even it's just too much. I just think you have about. to be careful with the way that you're teaching the next generation as well and what sort of um, image you're creating in their mind. But I think she was teaching that from the earlier prevent legislation, meaning prevent in its very, very early forms. Um, it was trying to suppress people's, you know, urge to protest and stuff. And I feel like that's what she was doing because she was like, oh, it wasn't peaceful enough. The protest wasn't peaceful enough protests aren't supposed to be peaceful i'm sorry to break this to people but like protests aren't meant to be peaceful like you're meant to disrupt you're meant to cause like it's meant to be like full-on civil disobedience you know like you're not do you know what i mean like it just becomes like a perpetual ritual thing like if we just go there and do nothing do you know what i mean and i you know this really ties into like the the pro- yes. you know hashtag kill the bill the new protest bill that pretty patel this kind of lady well. man um you know I, oh god SPP this lady eyebrows, you know is the best customer over here she honestly infuriates me but um this bill and it really got me thinking like i remember even when we did um so there was a huge protest for for nakba day i can't remember what year this was it was a few years ago now and we created so after the the protest we did a vigil and the vigil was like you know for all the lives the palestinian lives massacred um by um zionist terrorist groups we did this massive like um key like uh, it was candles like tea light candles in the shape of a key and we were just there like to remember all the lives lost all the lives you know continually being taken away by the settler colonial um israeli state and um like this the police came and they started telling us oh you don't have permission for this oh you don't have permission i was thinking like permission you have to have permission to protest you have to have we don't need permission to protest and that was just something also like it really gets me because i no, i went to another protest and they're like if you want to protest you have to protest on the pavement and i was thinking like what the, this is not a protest then to Gosh. protest within the lines you allow us at the time you want just, us to protest it really get like lost. inhibits people's freedom of speech to be able to not protest the way that they um want to and what yeah we're freedom not, we're of not, expression freedom we're not of assembly about, like know, violates all of our rights protest where they're damaging property and stuff like that. it's just being able to say what you want to say and of course there has to be a level of civil disobedience in it and I understand that, but it's just, why take that away from people? We know that with this bill that she's trying to put through, the kind of people that the police will target, honestly, it, it would be racially profiled, and they're allowed to do that, and it's just crazy. I just can't see a world in which that's okay. And I know that they've sort of postponed it to the other side of Easter, so, you know, watch this space, see what happens. It was, I'm not really that hopeful, to be honest. I just It just really angers me that the basic rights we what's have her like, job title? Away, like, what's her job title what is a she fundamental do? right right that's, that explains the 77k in eyebrows um, then 
What are you getting done? <laughs> Sorry, I just can't keep bringing that up. <laughs> but as she looked at her eyebrows as well, I mean, so I asked for a <laughs> refund, love. But like, it's just I just can't. Um, but also, clearly, in that home office thing that came out with all Expenses, of these yeah. um, expenses, scandal things that came out, there's money laundering going on. I mean, why is she spending £2,000 in this electronic shop in Albania? Why is she spending so much money here, there? £699 on cupcakes, 2 k on a diet. I'm just thinking, all this money, sense, she could please. literally start her own... Um, she could start six, her own pounds on charity and help people in need. If I had that much money, you best believe I would be starting a charity to help people. I wouldn't be sitting on my ass keeping that money for myself when I don't need all of that. You know what I mean? I've got enough to live comfortably. I'd never in my wildest dreams even want to live in a mansion. If I had that kind of money, I'd be starting something to help people and to give back to people in need. Yeah. I just I just don't get the the obsession with having a massive house having the, like deeming successes in what you own and what you have yeah yes um did we want to go through our stats quick so we um we had a few statistics relating to the topic today i'll of go white through mine first i've realized that i've sort of first? touched upon some of the things that i've already mentioned so about trump and um what he sort of did during his campaign so um i'll go through the ones that i have left over um so another i was looking up sort of things that would reflect white supremacy as a whole um there's just so much to go through this is only what i could find um but there was one black 12 year old kid he's 12 years old right um he was suspending suspended for intimidating a white girl through his staring by the way they were having a staring contest um so i don't understand why he was suspended for looking in her eyes can't I mean, can't black kids have staring contests? Can't people of colour, kids of colour have staring contests? I just don't understand that. And um, a BBC video from 2020 mentioned black people are three times more likely to get arrested. Um, in the UK, there are 2,564 white court judges, but only 30 are black. Um, in education, 92% of teachers are white and only 1% of children's book feature leading characters of black asian and minority ethnic backgrounds um so it says young black men were stopped and searched by police more than two thousand twenty thousand sorry two thousand twenty thousand my goodness in london during the coronavirus lockdown so that's during a lockdown where i assume they're getting in people's faces and i hope that they you know were wearing the correct sort of gear um because that's just not the time um 2018 and 2019 show that black people are now nearly 10 times more likely to be stopped and searched by police than white people. Citizens of Pakistani or Bangladeshi heritage are are the least likely to have a job with 54% in work. Black and Asian Britons make up 10% of the population, but less than 4% of the police force. Um, Pupils of Roma background are more than three times as likely to be excluded from school compared with white British children. Um, and the next thing I mentioned was also the book about Nikesh Shukla, which I mentioned earlier on. If you have the time, read his book, Brown Baby. Um, it sort of talks about, um, it touches on the fact that um, he has a daughter and um, his daughter's half white, half Indian. And it's basically about teaching her that she is a brown baby and just about what it means to be brown and her culture. And he explains that when she was um 
growing up I don't know how old she is now she must still be quite young like five or six but in the book he talks about how when she was younger she was like I don't want to be brown I want to be white like mommy and how she used to throw away the toys that were brown and like she didn't want to play with them she thought it was dirty and things like that and I'm just thinking where is this coming from from such a young age and that sort of confused me and it's really important how we're educating our children and even the children that are around us that may not biologically be out so that they can be respecting all around good humans when they grow up um yes Farrah, what about you uh yes i have a few stats as well um so the first statistic is the uk reported the highest number of far-right terror attacks and plots in europe in 2019 and 2020 so i've all kind of planned terrorist attacks in this country that they foiled um they you know they were white supremacist attacks um so the next statistic is a 13 year old boy um so these are kind of statistics and also kind of you know pinpoint stories as well um that are very relevant to the topic we're discussing today so a 13 year old boy 13 was arrested for planning to orchestrate a neo-nazi attack on a synagogue in the uk he was also writing a white supremacist manifesto to inspire others to follow him i just found that very disturbing um over 70 percent of domestic terrorist attacks in the u in the u.s were by far-right white supremacist groups and individuals especially targeting anti-racist protesters um at the end of march 2020 92 percent of uk police officers were white and only 7.3 percent were from asian black and mixed and other ethnic backgrounds this has apparently been the most quote-unquote diverse police force in uk police history and i think that just emphasizes the point that police you know is an institution that kind of um exacerbates white supremacy you know it's an exact you know supremacy comes from them top down um and clearly when over 92 percent practically 93 percent of them are all white um and that's the most diverse figure yet um less than four percent of senior positions in the police are held by people of color which says a lot 10% of the House of Commons are from ethnic group backgrounds. Um, So 6.3% of the House of Lords, um, so 6.3% of Lords um, are from ethnic group backgrounds. Um, And less than 8% of MI5 and MI6 workforce come from black or ethnic minority backgrounds. Um, From October 2018, people from ethnic minorities made up 2%. Um, of officers in the UK regular armed forces and for ranks below officer only 8% of all armed forces personnel were from ethnic minorities. Um, There are more CEOs called Steve than there are from ethnic minority backgrounds in the FTSC 100. Um, Only 36 Oscars have been awarded to actors and actresses of colour out of 3,140. Just want to say that again, only 36 out of 3,140 Oscars. Um... Gosh, that's obviously I recently saw um, a picture that was posted of the Golden Globes nomination. And I think um, this is only for the women's category. I can see that there was only like maybe two women of colour. The rest were all like white, blonde females. And I was just thinking, wow, wow. And we know people like... um, What's her? What's the lady's name from I May Destroy Michaela, You? Michaela, Michaela. Very good program. Michaela Cole? Cole? Yeah, she, she wasn't even, she, she wasn't even like 
you know, nominated or anything. I'm thinking so many people have been missed out that deserve a place no, I there. Love Sorry, and if you haven't me. watched I May Destroy, please do. Um, it's really, really. I'm actually might rewatch it because I just. I'm, I'm. I haven't it's finished it. I'm in like London as two, well, three episodes just, in. Know, I need to get on deep. it. You get me deep. <laughs> Not my area of London, but I can still relate. Very deep. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I think to conclude because um, it's getting a bit lengthy here, Jan. Um, I think to conclude, um, just one kind of key point um is that white supremacy does physically manifest in obviously institutions racist attacks colonialism but also like in our minds and we have to really rewire our mind and how we've been raised and how we've been conditioned um and we need to change all of that and it comes with taking the time to educate ourselves and educate others um and also just that, you know, anti-Asian racism is linked to white supremacy. It's linked to anti-blackness, which is linked to capitalism, imperialism, classism, homophobia, sexism, transphobia, evil. Like all these things, they're all linked together. Like everything is connected and impacted by these different oppressions. Everything is impa- like impacted, including the prison system, police, education system, healthcare, housing, climate, poverty, like all, immigration, like all of these things are, you know, impacted by these oppressions. So when we are fighting against anti-Asian racism, we also have to be proactively fighting against anti-blackness, capitalism, sexism, imperialism, and so on and so forth. Um, we have to be fighting against all of it because everything's interconnected. And I think that's just a big message from genuinely like every single podcast or the revolution that podcast is everything is interconnected and nothing, yes. you know, is separate from something else. And we have to really um, have a revolution basically. Yeah. Yes. I saw this um, tweet of somebody. Um, I think her name was Sophia Lee. She said the same roots of white supremacist hate that killed these eight in Atlanta, it's the same hate that killed nine black churchgoers in Charleston and 23 Hispanics in the El Paso Walmart. We're not safe until all of us are safe, which I agree with. We have to stand together. We're not safe until everybody is safe. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be Asian for you to care about yeah. that. You don't need to be black to care about that. Do you know what I mean? It's, imp- it's important that we stand together because if it happens to one of us, that could happen to us all. And it's, you know, it's important to call out and to be good allies and not stand for this sort of hatred just because you're of a certain ethnicity. And I know it bothers so many other people and I know it bothers me, but hopefully together we can sort of make the world a better place and a safer place for ourselves and um, I think just to wrap up, we had one Q&A. We had a Q&A. We had one agony off. Yes. <laughs> it's just the, the, the clocks have gone <laughs> You're right now, there. Right? So... It's really messed me up. It has it messed um, you up. So yeah, do you have the <laughs> do you have the question? I do. I have it, and then um, I'll take. I'll give it away to you. Um, so, what do you do when you're in a relationship with someone who shows you their mild racism late into the relationship, and you already invested loads into it slash have kids? Um, so that's quite a yeah. hard um, question. You got I mean, anything I don't to have say? Kids, so I feel like I'm limited to how much I can contribute to this question but um I think it really depends on how the form of this racism first of all it really depends on um how open the person who's being racist is to them you know you speaking to them about it you trying to you know re-educate them on that subject Mm. um 
because you know whether we like it or not we are all kind of conditioned with some prejudices and we all have to be proactive in ourselves to fight them and to re-educate ourselves and if he's just or she has just been more delayed in that process um then maybe just you know have a conversation it really depends to be honest i don't know what the level of racism is if it's something that's just too huge you would really have to question whether or not you want to raise your children with someone who's like that because it's gonna you know it's in that environment they're predominantly children are a byproduct of their parents so everything they say you know they copy you know children will copy and you don't really want them copying that kind of you don't want them copying racism and racist words or racist actions or having these bigoted views um so it really depends on i mean how how racist it is to be honest if it's something that you can kind of if it's just like a prejudice you can kind of talk to them re-educate them it really depends on how open they are as well because some people are so like they're just not going to change their minds about a certain racist view they have um so i think it really depends on all those facts i mean what would you say yeah i think for me again i don't have kids that i know um, i know (laughs) um so (laughs) um so there's i can't comment on that aspect um but I can comment on the fact that you can you can't you can try to teach somebody and to help them, but they need to be open to wanting to change their views. You to can bring a whole for water, you. but you can't um, make a drink. But you, like that, I really like that. You can't force somebody to change. It's not your goal here in yeah. life to force people to change. Do you know what I mean, you can't just keep drumming it into them if they're not going to be respect respective of your views or receptive of your views and what you're trying to teach. It's not even just the views. It's just what's wrong, what's right, you know? If they're not going to be receptive to that, there's only so much you can do. And then maybe, you know, it's hard to draw the line when you obviously have kids. So to be honest, it would sort of be whether they're willing to have an honest conversation with you human to human and to just, you know talk about where this hatred stems from why they have this hatred and is there a way for them to sort of change their ways because it's just not it's not a, a good environment, environment for the kids you know you don't want to raise that, kids. i can't even imagine how you know i would yeah. be in that situation constantly having to say oh no you can't say that or you have to do this or, do you know what i mean like constantly having to teach somebody who's not receptive to learning and it's just important that for your own mental I mean, health yeah to stay safe and to just sort of protect yourself in that instance as well as your kids of course it's important you don't want to raise kids like Farah was saying in that sort of environment there's only so much you can sort of do if somebody's constantly teaching your kids those sort of views and you don't want those kids to take that with them as they grow up but of course there's that aspect of whether they're willing to change and you can only do what you can and it's to also protect yourself and your mental health because I know it can be quite detrimental to constantly argue with people, to constantly fight. So you constantly try to put your views a point, like views across if that person doesn't want to listen. So it just depends also on the level of racism and what whether it's something that they can sort of learn and maybe watch documentaries about. There's so many documentaries like your fingertips on YouTube, on Netflix, on BBC, on whatever platform. There's so many documents with documents, oh my goodness, documentaries for people to sort of learn. We all have a capacity to learn and grow, and that's the good thing about being humans. We can all change and we can all grow. People who say they can't change are just too stubborn, and I just don't know how to go about with somebody who is not willing to change or whether your partner is willing to change. You would just sort of have to have an honest conversation about how you're feeling because. The key to a good relationship is honest communication. It doesn't matter what relationship you're in, friendship, 
romantic family it's communication and if you can't communicate how you feel then I don't know whether staying in the relationship where you can't communicate is yeah safe for mental no, I get health you. I, get, I do you know what I mean do you know where I'm going, where I'm going with and but... it's just really to the point of like how much are you willing to exactly you know deal with um but I think there is different approaches you can take I mean one approach I take with some people who are a bit prejudiced um I reverse it and I try to make them see what it would feel like if that same whatever they were saying were being said about them or whatever kind of bigoted view they have you can always reverse the situation and kind of make them reflect on what they're doing that way um but also I think yeah like we've said you know it really depends on what they're saying how often they're saying it you know how deep is this bigoted view um it depends on all those things yeah but also just where it comes from this is probably the reason why i'm single but um i, I tend to vet people <laughs> i don't want these things to come i don't want these things to come later it's a strict on. process like, i'm not even joking i get these things done straight up straight up um that's probably that do you remember that guy who said i was too opinionated for him <laughs> oh yes which honestly, I think it's better to know people straight up. And obviously, there some people do put up walls, so you don't yeah, know I, I wanna, think I about them until it's too late. All, I'm not it's even really joking. Just... I literally ask, "Are you a Tory? Who did you vote for?" Like, I'm not even joking. I come out and just ask that straight away. And ask them views on really like on political things that concern me or concern that I literally talk about. Every, are you pro life? You pro choice? All those things are important. If you think that you have more rights of a woman's body than I do, like I need to know that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so all those things I tend to like vet in the beginning. Um, but if you are already in a situation and this thing has crept up, because honestly, people are, you know, I mean, once, yeah, once you get married, people, people can think, hide themselves you know, very of, well. Unleash them, <laughs> but unleash they do. The they... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what that is. So just you know, um, <laughs> people are a different person sometimes before they get married, and they kind of reveal their true colors once you are married, and it's something that slowly crept up. Yeah. Because they think you can't now. go now, well, that's really, it. You can always get divorced, and there's no shame in that. I'm just saying. But, yeah. Um, like the, yeah. So if it's something that's slowly crept up, just you know, like we said, there are so many ways you could kind of broach that as well. Um, and even with the kids, like you can make it kind of a whole family thing where you all kind of have that open conversation. Because I think that's really important to have those conversations with kids at a young age. So you kind of involve yeah, them all, definitely. Um, because you don't want you know his or her views kind of um becoming the kids views god imagine you don't you don't want that at all um so yeah i think i no. think that is all do you okay perfect. that is all um just want to say thanks to everyone listening if perfect. you have any subjects you want us to talk about let us know on our instagram which is at revolution now podcast um yeah do you have anything else you want to say i really have to pee no thank you for listening <laughs> Yeah, thank you for spending your time I know, because we drank a bit of water, so we'd be perfectly hydrated <laughs> for today's podcast. And oh, yeah, vocal, red low vocal yellow, exercise. Red low, red This is the Revolution Now podcast. Royalty-free music created by us, played by us. Feel free to use it. We won't plagiarise you.